welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So glad that you're here. And um, if, you're, if you're new, one of the things that we do here at Elevate Life Church is we try to help each other speak positively. A lot of us, we say things to ourselves about ourselves, but often, if you're like me, those things aren't very positive. And uh, so we like to start this time in the service by saying some positive things about us that we believe God says about us. So if you want to put your hand on your heart, put your hand on your heart. Some people do that. Um, this isn't like a pledge of allegiance or anything like that. This is just us saying some positive things. So say this with me. I declare that I am created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020 will be my best year ever. I declare that 2020 is double-double for me. Double blessing, double anointing, double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 6511, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my paths will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Give yourselves a big hand this morning. And, uh, and, and you can be seated. So, so glad that you're here. Pastor Keith, this weekend, um, just really felt like staying home because it's the Super Bowl. So, I'm just kidding. Pastor Keith and Sheila are in Shreveport, Louisiana this morning with some of our great friends, Pastor Denny and Deonta Duran, speaking at Shreveport Community Church. And we're sowing a, a $10,000 seed this weekend into their church, into what God's doing. You can clap for yourself as much as you want, being generous. I know it's first service, but you know, we can get a little excited, it's, it's okay. Um, but you're hearing, that, you're hearing that from a guy who kind of like stays at a five emotionally, maybe up to a seven, you know, down to a three. But um, anyway, they're there this weekend and um, it, is, it is the Super Bowl, but we don't care because no one we like is playing anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> It's true. We don't like the Chiefs. Go read about it. Read the history of the Dallas Texans and what happened. Right. Then the 49ers. Some of y'all maybe aren't old enough to remember Dwight Clark and all that, but that's, that's a topic for another day. Okay. So we don't care. They both can lose as far as I'm concerned. Somehow, somehow this year we're going to have a Super Bowl where both teams lose. It's crazy. Anyway. It's going to be like the national championship used to be with college football. We're just going to vote on who, who's, who the best team is and uh, probably end up being the Patriots anyway. So <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about. So today, today uh, we're, we're kind of wrapping up. You know, next weekend in, in our church is going to be such an amazing weekend. Some of you, maybe you're brand new to Elevate Life. You've never been here before. Um, and this month has kind of been some of your first experience here. And it's been a great time for you to come because we're talking about a lot of vision things. But next weekend is just going to be a really significant time in the life and in the history of our church. Like we've been showing you, T.D. Jakes is going to be here. Rich Wilkerson Jr. is going to be here. Uh, we're going to be doing a revival on Friday night, Saturday night, and then obviously Sunday morning. And uh, it's going to be incredible. Um, but we're wrapping up. We're not wrapping up talking about transformation, but we're wrapping up this transformation series today. 
And um, so I want to talk about that a little bit because then we have revival next weekend. Then you want to mark your calendar for the, the weekend of uh, February 16th. I think that's the date. Uh, we're starting a series. It's called Relationships. Okay, but sometimes we replace the P with another letter, and that's sometimes how our relationships can feel. And so it's more like relation what, right? Um, relationship. So some people go, well, that's not, that's not right. Y'all shouldn't talk about that in church. Well, those of us who are the problem in relationships <laughs> know that we need a whole lot of help because relationships, that P can get switched with another letter really fast. And uh, so we're going to be talking about relation, uh, relationships in, in, here in, here in a few weeks. And you're going to hear, like, if there's one thing I feel like that Pastor Keith and Sheila, um, I don't know, they, they have so much, but if there's one thing that they really, uh, help me with, help all of us with, it's how to have, how to build a healthy and mature and great relationship and not one that's perfect and not one that's, you know, imaginary, but one that's very real. So we're going to be talking about that in the month of February, but we want to round out this transformation series. And I want to come back to Romans chapter 12 and uh, kind of end where we began. And I want to add two extra, a couple extra verses on the end of Romans 12 that we've, that we've been reading. And before we do that, let's just pray. God, this morning, we thank you for the opportunity we have to not just hear a message, not just be in church, but to hear directly from you. God, I thank you for each person that's in this room, that's hearing my voice, wherever they are, that they're taking time out of their life to try to get a word from you. So God, we believe a word from you can change our life. And we pray this morning that you would speak directly to us where we're at. It's not about who's on this platform, who's sharing a message. God, it's about what you want to get to us. I pray that you do that this morning and that you would cause some, the things that need to change to change. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We've read this. We're going to read this a lot this year, but Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Paul says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In verse three, I wanna, I wanna throw verse three at us, verse three, four, and five for the sake of this weekend. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, but we all belong to each other. So, so if, if, there was, if, the, if you were going to read the Bible, and I hope you do, I hope if you, if you call yourself a Christian that... that reading the Bible and the spiritual discipline of that is a part of your life. But if you're going to read the Bible and if you're going to figure out what is the, what do, what do I need to demonstrate? Like what is, what is living a transformed life look like? We've been talking about it all this month, but Paul goes in here to, in Romans chapter 12 and he says everything about what our life should look like. 
And um, he does it better than I could say it today. So I encourage you just to read this whole chapter. Because the, the Bible goes on to say that there's gifts that all of us can benefit from with each other. This is, this is so necessary and so important. None of us are more important in the context of a church especially, or even Christianity. None of us are more important or less important than another person. All of us play a role in the body. This is why living as a living sacrifice and being transformed is so important. Then it says that to... to um, to not just pretend to love people, but really love them. And that's interesting that over, you know, maybe 2,000 years ago, Paul said, hey, don't pretend to love people, but really love them. Because we have an issue with that even today, even now, like in our culture. And I think living in the South, living in Texas, we're really great at platitudes, which, which like, hey, I'm really great at telling someone, hey, we should totally get together sometime. And then the next time I see them five years later, yeah, man, we should totally get together sometime. Really great to grab lunch or grab coffee or whatever. Or, hey, love you, man. Hope everything's going good. It's not really, um, that's more of a pretending to love. That's not maybe like a real love. That's just me saying something because I feel like words should come out of my mouth when I'm engaging with human beings. And... Um, and so then Paul goes on to say, bless people, live in harmony with them. Don't pay back evil with evil. And he ends Romans chapter 12 with verse 21. And he says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And so we've been here throughout this whole uh, series. We've been talking about um, transformation and small groups and giving and serving and knowing God and all that different kind of stuff. And if you've grown up in church and if you're from this part of America, right? Christianity is just this cultural thing. Like I'm a Christian because at some point my parents believe in God and you know, I'm not totally like agnostic or atheist or maybe I am, I don't really know. But I think this Christian thing kind of works for me. Um, some of these things are a good idea. Like Jeremy's talking about money and offering and that's cool. I've lived my whole life going to church and hearing someone talk about money. We know, most of us in this room, we know what being a part of a church looks like. So we've heard the same things taught, we've heard the same things discussed, and uh, I'm boring myself today just saying that, right? So in my, if I was gonna title my message today, if I was gonna title my discussion with you, some of you maybe you've already seen this on the app or on our website or whatever, um, but the title of my message today is Get Off the Teat. <laughs> and, um, and this is not, this is not, uh, it's supposed to be a little funny. It's okay. Like, don't be offended. It's okay. If you're like offended today at church, uh, just come back next week. It'll be better. <laughs> so, so, so even, even like a lot of us in this room, like we've heard about these mature things that we can do. We talk a lot about maturity in our life. We talk a lot about maturity in our relationships. We talk a lot about maturity with our children or with our husbands or wives or with adults around us. We talk a lot about maturity and people in scripture experience the same thing. So if you go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter five, um, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, there is much more that we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain especially since you're spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. 
is Hebrews. Like I didn't write this, I didn't put this together for you today to talk about where are you at in your journey towards maturity. But some of us, we have, we, we've lived a life, we have to have the same conversations over and over again. So we're living life uh, and we quite enjoy the teat of church and experience. Like some of us in this room, we're, we have potential to offer so much more to this church, but we're not doing nothing. We're just coming, we're just sitting in a service, we're just enjoying the milk. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, Paul talks about this. And he says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world and, and though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. You're still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? And so here's what we've done. What I feel like in, 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 in Christian circles is we've added Christianity as just an attribute that we have. So we bring all our immaturities, we bring all our prejudices, we bring all our dramas, and we go, well, I'm also a Christian. And then Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is not new. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is saying, why are you being like everybody else? Why are there quarrels and divisions and all of these debates and all of this lack of unity and lack of love and all these different things mixed in with you? Because if you call yourself a Christian and if you've been a Christian for longer than like, let's say a month, okay, you should be taking a journey. Not just be playing a part, not just be coming and sitting in a church and saying, oh, I'm a Christian because I come sit in a, in a service on a weekend or I watch teachings online or whatever. It's not what it's about. If, if, if you and I expect to mature solely based on how much worship music we listen to or the messages that we watch and take in, we're not going to mature. There's steps that we have to take. So Romans chapter 12, I want to encourage you to do this. If you're like a person, you're like, hey, I want to learn and I don't really buy into anything you're saying, Josh, and I'm going to learn this for myself. Great. Read Romans chapter 12 and read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 side by side. And look at how Paul describes either one of those people. Romans chapter 12 is the description of a spiritually mature person. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he describes what it means to be spiritually immature. So a few weeks ago, I talked about the miracle of my life. And the miracle of my life is the fact that I'm here today and I feed myself. It's amazing. Like at some point, my parents stopped feeding me milk. And I got off formula. And it's like somehow that happened. It was crazy. It was unbelievable. All of you in this room that are no longer eating baby formula, like you've made it, right? <laughs> You're a miracle. I mean, it might have been hard. You might not remember what it was like when you were six months old, but I'm sure your parents do. I remember, I have a two-year-old now, right? So I remember pretty vividly uh, what it was like to, to start to get Charlie onto solid food. And some of it was stuff that she wanted, wanted some of it's stuff that she still doesn't want. Like yesterday, here's what we ate in our house. I didn't eat it, Charlie ate it. Yesterday, lunch was macaroni and cheese, dinner was spaghetti. It's pasta day yesterday. <laughs> if you have a toddler, you know what it's like to try to get them to eat anything that's outside of what they perceive as normal. So in, in child rearing, okay, in raising kids, Milk is good for them for a certain period of their life. But once you reach a certain age, it actually becomes detrimental to you to only live on milk, to only live on formula. So around four to six months of age, any of you who are, who are parents in this room know what I'm talking about, around four to six months of age is when, is when parents are told to start introducing solid food to their babies. 
And so if a baby is unable to get onto solid food, they, they're not able to, to consume sufficient nutrients to support adequate growth and development. So this baby does not get to just stay a baby forever and operate the same way as a baby operates. At some point, we have to make a transition, right, into eating stuff that's a little bit more solid food and stuff for parents that costs us a little bit more money, takes a little bit more time, a lot more as they start talking, right? A lot more negotiation and discussion around, hey, let's like trick you into eating this food and we're gonna hide the vegetables in with everything else so you don't even know what you're eating, right? Or I'm gonna watch it, like right now, one of the things that's really cool with Charlie is she's watching these YouTube videos and they talk about eating carrots and peas and stuff. So she wants peas based on the YouTube videos. So we're gonna do whatever we can, right? To try to trick her into nutrition. And so uh, um, in, a, in, a, in the life of a, of a baby, okay, an inability to eat, to, to eat solid food um, can sometimes lead to what's called failure to thrive in infants. And, uh, and those, those infants that are not doing well with food, they have to go through all kinds of tests and feeding therapy. And some kids even have to see a behavioral therapist based on what they're eating or not eating. And kids can get to the point where they require a feeding tube so they can be fed nutrients directly into their stomach and ensure they meet their nutrient needs and don't become malnourished. And this is all in the span of trying to transition a baby off of formula onto food. So it's not this infant's choice, but you imagine in the context of our life, how hard are we gonna make it to mature, right? So, 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 so Jesus says, book of Hebrews says, Romans, or 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, hey, I want you to get off the milk and onto the meat. And then we decide how hard that's going to be for us. So we've been talking about transformation this whole month. We've been talking about joining groups. We've been talking about serving on teams. And we've been talking about giving. My question for you today as an individual, I'm not, answering, I'm not asking this question corporately. I'm asking this out of you as an individual. What decisions have you made in the past month that have helped you take a step towards maturity? Have you gone from sitting in a service, just being a part of our church, to joining a group and building relationships? Have you gone from just building relationships and said, hey, I'm going to serve on a team? Or have you taken that step to say, you know what, I'm going to start buying in. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start sowing generously financially. Where, where are you in that? Because us, our ability to do that determines whether or not we thrive. So like a baby, they, they call it failure to thrive. We can have failure to thrive in our own life. So the definition for the word thrive, right? Grow, to grow or develop well or vigorously, to prosper or flourish. So the prerequisite for thriving is transformation. So as much as you and I, right, as much as we want to live this great life, prosper, be successful, have everything that we've ever wanted, um, you don't get that. While, while drinking milk at the same time. You don't get to live that life. You don't get to live this, this life that's thriving and that's full of joy without going through the difficulty of transformation. I encourage you to read the New Testament because a lot of people, I feel like, come to Jesus and they, they, they think Christianity is supposed to make their life easier and that could not be further from the truth. If you call yourself a Christian, what you've decided to do is to make your life a lot harder. Not in terms of maybe being persecuted for your faith. In America, we don't have that. In a lot of nations around the world, that's, that's a present reality. But what you're saying when you say, okay, Jesus, I want to follow you. You can read scripture and it talks all about us leaving our way. 
present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like I read that and that can be like this really great biblical language that I don't place context in in my own life. Like what do you have to cut off in order to, in order to transform into the person that God wants you to be? What do you need to stop doing? Because here's, here's what we're admitting. As much as I don't want, want to admit this, here's what I'm admitting between me and God. The way that I am does not work. The things that are natural defaults for me, the things that I think that I should be able to do and the ways that I think that I should be able to operate, actually, God, if I'm honest, I need to stop a lot of that stuff. And that's really hard because some of that stuff's habitual for me. And some of that stuff's the way that I've always been. And so I go through my life and I think, okay, God, just help me get surrounded by people that are just gonna love me for me. If you're a Jesus follower, you can't do that. You gotta be the person that loves people for who they are, not expects everyone to love you in the midst of all your drama and dysfunction that you bring to every relationship that you have. Now I'm not saying, I'm saying we, don't you, I'm not taught preaching to anybody specifically in this room, preaching to myself too, right? So transformation is not just a good idea. It's a requirement to thrive in the context of our life. Us, us changing and growing and developing. And again, all through this series, we've used this analogy of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. The caterpillar, go back a couple weeks, the caterpillar functionally dies in the cocoon. And then it's transformed into entirely metamorphosis. It's transformed into an entirely new creature called a butterfly. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. God is not asking you to take an easy journey with him that will cost you nothing. This thing will cost you everything. If you decide to really follow him, if you decide to really go, okay, Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to live my life like you. I want to, I want to do the things that you want, and I'm going to buy into that. Jesus says so much about how difficult that's going to be for us because you got to let go of your prejudice. You got to let go of the people that you don't like. You got to let go of your unforgiveness. You got to let go of your bitterness. You got to let go of your, your issues. You got to let go of all this stuff and say, okay, God, I'm letting go of the things that I like or I'm comfortable with or I'm used to, and I'm choosing this life of transformation. But the longer we go without transformation in our life, like some of us, we've never taken this step and we're pretty old. We've never taken this step. We've never taken the step to transform, to be different. The longer you go without transformation, the more you fail to thrive, the, uh, the, the more we fail to thrive, the worse our life gets. So if, if you're a baby, if you're an infant and you're at the very beginning of trying to get on solid food, right? It's not that serious. A doctor's like, hey, try this, do this do this, do this. And then, and then if it goes for a certain period of time, they, they, the baby starts to have to go through a lot of stuff. So they start testing them, right? Start doing all these different things, bringing them to the doctor, going through all these different discussions, all kinds of tests and whatever else they have to do. That's how we do in our life. So we go through dozens of tests. We go through failures, consequences of our, of our actions that get worse. And hopefully, these consequences that we experience in the midst of our personal failures will actually reveal our deficiencies and help us grow. But most people just keep going, like you heard Pastor Keith talk about um, last week. They, they don't go from glory to glory, they go from glory to glory. So it just gets worse and worse and worse. So they're going, we're going through tests, we're going through difficulties, we're going through issues. And if our focus, right, in the context of that is on everybody else, how everybody else should have been different, how everybody else could have been different, blame, blame in every situation around us for why whatever it is didn't happen, we're not gonna, we're not gonna thrive. 
Because transformation requires me taking responsibility for myself. The life that I live is a product of the decisions that I make. If I can get to that point, then I'm on the road towards maturity. So then what begins to happen, okay? Once, once the baby goes through all the tests, then uh, if, if it's still not happening, they go to all kinds of different therapists. They're going to nutritional therapists and they get the feeding tube put in. And, and then, they, then some kids go to behavioral therapists that it's more about like failure to thrive sometimes can be more behavioral based on what's happening in the family. And hopefully we can get this kid to eat and start to digest food the way that they're supposed to. So then what happens in our life? So make an analog in your own personal life. Then all of a sudden, because we're not passing the test right, and we're not seeing things in our life right, we start to have to go to a lot of different meetings with a lot of different people that are supposed to help us. So if we're not making it work in our marriage, right, then we gotta go see a counselor, we gotta go have this discussion, we gotta go over here and talk to this person, have an intensive meeting, and hopefully this person can help me digest things the way that I'm supposed to, because me by myself, I am not mature enough to make it work on my own. God's process for us should be, hey God, I'm able to make it work on my own because I'm sensitive to your word and I'm sensitive to your spirit and my goal is to transform and be a different person. So when someone confronts me with something that should change about me, I'm gonna be sensitive to that. I'm gonna listen to that because I'm mature. Because I have the ability to pursue transformation in my own life. So if someone who I love and I have a relationship with, and I believe they want what's best for me, tries to change me, I should probably change. Like a lot of people go, oh man, I shouldn't have to change for anybody. That's silly, don't be silly. You should change for everybody. Because, uh, I mean, not everybody, you know. You gotta, you gotta decide who has your best interest at heart when they say what it is that they say about you. But when you know someone has your best interest in mind, you really gotta value what they have to say because they can actually help you. Usually, uh, God gives us this person that's called a spouse in our life that will frustrate the heck out of us. But God's purpose, one of, one of God's purposes, I believe, even in the context of marriage, is to try to get us to get off the teat in our own way to say, you know what, this person, they might be frustrating me, the way they are might bother me a little bit, but they're helping me mature. They're helping me grow up. So, um, so I wanna show you this. This is, this, is, um, this is one of the teaching things that Pastor Keith uses in a lot of business things, and this is called a triad in the, hist- in the context of our church. So you have information, maturation, and transformation. So think, be, do. I'm not going to explain necessarily this whole thing, but here's what happens to us in our life. We take in a whole lot of information. You and I, there's a lot of, you know, information that surrounds us. Our life is filled with information. Well, what we do with that information ultimately determines whether we mature or not. So we can go through a lot of experiences, but not be experienced. Just because someone's lived a long time doesn't mean that they're mature. Just because you're sitting in this room and you're 40, 50 years old, that doesn't mean you're, you're mature in the room. Maturity is what, what you and I do with the information that we take in. So what do I do when I'm corrected? What do I do whenever uh, someone confronts me on something? What do I do whenever I have an opportunity to mature? Do I do something with that information or do I play the blame game? The number one way to never grow in your life is to blame everybody else for everything and to never take responsibility. Because there's a lot of good reasons. There's a lot of justifications for why it's everyone else's fault. 
And that may or may not be true. But things being someone else's fault has nothing to do with whether or not you and I mature. Right? It has nothing to do with my own personal journey. So I can be really great at pointing the finger, blaming somebody else for the way things are in my life. But ultimately, what I have to admit is my life is a, re- is, is a result of my choices. So if I can mature, which is really hard. Okay, so this is like, oh, so cute. Nice little thing up there on the screen. Three little steps you got to take to transform. Really nice. But these are all, this, this one right here is really hard. And if you can get to step two, which is I'm going to mature. I'm going to grow up. Then we have potential to be transformed, to transform our own life by the way that, by choosing to change the way that we think. And so transformation is a, is a product of, uh, of a continued process of becoming mature based on the information I choose to take in. So my life will present me with information. Okay, for those of you in this room that are very logical, my life will present me with information. What I do with that information determines whether or not I'm mature. Regardless of age, it has nothing to do with age. It determines whether or not I'm mature, how I decide to process the information that I take in in my life. How, whatever that information is, movies I watch, conversations, <clears throat> conversations I have, discussions I have with my boss, discussions I have with my spouse, whatever. That information that I choose to take in will determine whether or not I'm able to mature and my ability to mature will determine whether or not I'm able to transform. That's, a, that's kind of a natural law for us, okay? So, getting off the teat. I said I wasn't going to say it a bunch, but I've said it quite a few times. And if you're offended, I'm, I'm sorry, but you need to get off the teat. And so, um, and not get offended about weird stuff in church, because we, we talk real, right? And so, so I want to I bring it back to our coach and uh, this, this coach that we had kind of at the beginning of this series, because some of us, we've been hearing about transformation. We've been talking about it. I'm telling you, Pastor Keith's just the best preacher in the world and love him so much. And that was so great. His message last week on generosity, and I didn't give a dollar, but I really thought his message was good. Um, that was so great when he talked about servant leadership, but I'm too busy to join a team right now. But I want to bring it back to our coach that we started the series with, and then... Uh, we'll continue the conversation. So just get encouraged by this video. Do it! Just do it! Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. You should get to the point where anyone else would quit, and you're not going to stop there. No, what are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! You're tired of starting over. Stop giving up. Amen. <laughs> that might be, you know, that might be a thing for me this year. So you might see that video quite a bit because it's just an encouragement and reminder, right? Let's just do it, right? Like you heard Pastor Keith say last weekend, hey, if, 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 we, if we couldn't help you on your second marriage or your third marriage, let us help you on your fourth marriage. Right? 
Let's, let's do it. Let's, 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 let's do this. For us as a church, we've spent so much time studying and learning about what, what is the path that God has for us because we want to make it easy for everybody. And so we broke it down into these four steps. These four steps that really demonstrate our personal spiritual maturity. And I can't say where you're at in this journey, but you sure can. So know God, grow closer, go serve so generously. You're going to hear us talk a lot about this. Why? Because this is, this is the path that we should be on as God's people in the earth, as, as people who are a part of a church. So know God. Do I know God? Do I have a relationship with him? Like, do you actually have a relationship with him? Not do you call yourself a Christian, not do you believe in God, but do you see yourself as having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, you can take that step. Grow closer. Do I have strong, meaningful relationships in my life and in the context of church? That's why small groups exist, right? And then go serve. Do I serve other people? Am I about living this thing out? And I want to get more into that in just a minute. And, and sowing generously. Am I a person that lives generously with my time, my talent, and my treasure? And I know I just, I know I just played you a video, but we have a, I have a story that I want to show you. And then, I want to, and then I want to wrap up this message and kind of encapsulate where we've been this whole series. Because God's done some amazing things already this year. We have some amazing things that are happening. But whenever we hear... Uh, stories about how God is working in individuals' lives, those are the things that give, I think, for me at least, those are the things that gives me, give me hope because I feel very human. So we're up here talking about transformation, maturity. No one in this room disagrees with that. I don't think there's anybody who's going to hear this talk today and go, you know what, I don't really buy into the idea of maturity, okay? It's not really a thing for me that I want. All of us want to be mature and we want to take those steps, but it can sometimes be a little difficult. And so hearing other people's stories can really encourage us in the midst of our journey. So I want you to check out this story from someone in our church. My parents had split up. Uh, I went with my father and my, my mom, she really hasn't been heavily involved in my life uh, ever since then. My father was a gambling alcoholic, and he didn't know Christ. One day, there was a mix-up at school, and the principal had called my dad and told him that I had been bullying some kids the night before. And it wasn't me, but when the principal discovered my innocence, he forgot to tell my father. And so when I got home that night, I was met in the hallway by my father. And he was, I remember he was shirtless. He was holding his belt in his hand and he was visibly upset. And I could smell that my father had been drinking. And I just remember him standing there and he said, I heard you were picking on some children last night. And I said, no, it wasn't me, dad. And he shouted, you're lying. And he was, I remember he was, he was so upset and my heart was racing. I had tears behind my eyes and I was faced with a decision keep quiet and let the moment pass or stand up and protect my innocence. And we stood there and it felt like an eternity had passed. He broke eye contact first. Uh, I remember his shoulders just sunk and he dropped his belt to the floor and he retreated to his room and he just quietly shut the door. I didn't see him for days after that. My father had always been proud of me that I attended church 
and there was this men's retreat that was coming up and I invited my dad and he just, he just wasn't interested. But then a few days before the event, I asked him just one more time and he said yes. So it, it was a big weekend for me because 10 years to the day is when I had given my own life to Christ. And on the second night, I remember my pastor uh, had an altar call. And so I remember just sitting there and just praying that my father would get up and he was just sitting right next to me. And I, and I just felt him stand up. And he got up and he walked right to my pastor. And my pastor just welcomed him with open arms and just grabbed him. And I just couldn't believe it. So I got up. And I joined him, and I nearly knocked him over, grabbing him, just, just big old, you know, hugs. My dad was never the same. He, he quit drinking. He quit smoking. He started attending church, and he was asking me to pray with him and, and for him. And he changed my mind about transformation. A person can change if they want to change. And that change happens in an instant. Dad, it's been two years since you left this earth and joined our Heavenly Father. I feel like it was just yesterday when I was flying from Tampa to Frisco to take care of you. I would tell stories and on Sunday morning, I would wake up, make breakfast, and then we would watch Elevate Life Church together. And for some reason, you could never remember Pastor Keith's name. A few weeks before you lost your ability to communicate verbally, you I remember you yelled out, that big dude who loves Jesus and sometimes sings is almost on. And when I came into the room, very clearly you said, son, Pastor Keith, that's your spiritual father. You need to move to Texas. It stuck because I think it was the first time you ever remembered his name. I planned to stay with you for, for two weeks and on the second day, I asked if you wanted me to move to Texas. And without hesitation, you said yes. And later that day, I was on a flight to Tampa. When I landed, I packed up my books, my dog, and my clothes, and I drove to Texas to be with you. I had eight months with you after that. Dad, you didn't know this, but in a time when I was lost and I needed my own transformation, the Sunday after you passed, I went to Elevate Life for the first time. And I kept my eyes open for an opportunity to serve. I knew Elevate Life was my home. Today, you'd be so proud. I'm surrounded by the mighty men of Elevate Life. I know you'd be so proud of me. I want you to know that I love you so much. And because of you, I know the power of prayer and the power of transformation with the love of Christ. I miss you so much and I can't wait to see you in heaven your son James
So it's James Leith. And um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, in my mind, I think, what if, what if a guy like James showed up and there was no one here to, for him to have a relationship with, you know? I mean, he was that for his dad, right? And I don't need to rehash the story. We all just watched it. Um, but, but he was that for his dad and as a church. And the church is not a few people that work here. The church is us. And as a church, we got the opportunity. And I hope you understand this because there's people in this room that need this from you. Okay, some of us in this room, we're in a healthy place. We're in a mature place and it's wonderful. God's done a lot in our life and we're just having a great season. Some of us in this room, it's, it's, it really sucks right now. And we need someone that's going to rally around us and someone that's going to be for us and someone that's not going to make it about themselves and what they need and someone that's not going to be about what, you know, the milk of this thing. But someone who's like, I'm going to get off the meat. Like 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul said, you should, you should be teaching this stuff. You shouldn't be listening to it anymore. You should be listening, but you should be going out and teaching this stuff. And so as a church, we want to be that kind of church. So why does this stuff matter? Why does transformation even matter? Is it about getting paid more? I mean, I guess at some point in your life, is it about having a better marriage? For sure. I mean, those things are important and those things are good. But there's two things that we need in our life. There's two things that you and I need, two great needs as, as human beings. Number one, we got to have relationships. And number two, we got to have purpose. We have to have those two things. You're not going to get that at your job. You're not going to get that in a lot of other places. You might get parts of that. It's like I had a conversation with someone recently that they're just working a job, you know, and their, their, their discussion, he was like, yeah, I'm in this job, man. It has nothing to do with what I want to do in my life. Like, you know, most of us, right? That's our, that's our experience. So we go through life and things don't have meaning and things don't have purpose and things don't tie into anything greater. And God says, when you come and you're a part of this thing that's called the church, which is just the gathering of people that are all about Jesus, you can tie both of these things together and experience the greatest sense of fulfillment that you've ever experienced if you're willing to take the journey. If you're willing as an individual to do that, this is not, this is something that helps us be better corporately, but it's got to be something that happens for you and I individually. So there's a thing that's called the great commandment. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of times we struggle there. But if we can just take that journey and say, God, I'm, like I'm going to love people well. Whatever that means for me as a person, I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to live open-handed. Even when someone curses me, I'm going to pray that God will bless them because that's what Jesus said to do. And then I'm going to take that journey to mature in my love towards people and to mature in my relationships. And then as I begin to do that, I begin to live out my purpose. Because if you look at know God, grow closer, go serve so generously, what I want to show you is those first two steps are all about relationship. You got to have right relationship with God before you do anything else. You got to have right relationship with people before you do anything else. Great, we're grateful for people that sow and serve and all that different kind of stuff. But if those first two things aren't working in our own life, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss transformation. And then, Here's what we got to do. At some point, we have to come to the place where we say, hey, my life's not about me. My life's about other people. And that's really hard in America. It's really hard in the American church because people go, well, I don't believe in tithing anymore. And I don't know about offerings. And what are y'all doing with my money? And what about this over here? And y'all are just trying to take advantage of people. And that's a completely immature way of seeing it. It's a completely immature way of perceiving the church. 
the church, in a, the church of Jesus Christ. I don't just mean our church, I mean the church, period. Because the church is a place where these things all come together, where our relationships and our purpose come together to really change the world. I know that can sound like a pie in the sky and really extreme, but you look at the history of the church in the world, the church is the greatest source of hope, the greatest source of life, the greatest source of good relationships, the greatest source of pur purpose that the world has ever seen in the history of the world. And that thing's not going away. <clears throat> and so Jesus came and he established this thing that, that's called the church. That's a gathering of his people where we can love each other, love him, discover our purpose and help other people do the same. And it's about as hard as we wanna make it. That can be easy, that can be difficult. Some, some of us, we've sat here and, and you, maybe you've been a, a part of this church for a while and you've, been, and you've been plugged in or maybe you're brand new and you've sat here and you've heard these messages and you're like, man, servant leadership, that's really great for somebody else. Joining small groups, that's, that's cool. I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to do any of this stuff. This is not about, you know, trying to get people involved in the church. That's not what it's even about. It's about trying to get people involved in their own personal transformation and growth. And then hopefully, as you begin to see results in your own life of what God's doing through you, you can decide to make your life about other people. No, no one can talk you into being unselfish. No one can talk you into being generous. We can have the most eloquent messages on servant leadership and generosity and small groups. It doesn't even matter because we're not gonna talk anybody into it. You gotta decide to be the person. You and I have to decide to be the people that say, I am gonna buy into this idea. I'm gonna get off the milk. I'm gonna get onto the meat. I'm gonna be a mature person. I'm not just gonna be a person that comes to church anymore. I'm gonna be a person that is the church. That's what I'm gonna do as an individual. But we don't have enough people doing that. We don't have enough people buying into that. And what I see and what I perceive as a pastor, okay, is that there's thousands of people just in our church who come through our doors and they're like a James Leith. They need, they need somebody in their life. But if we got a whole bunch of people walk around this building, they're just thinking about themselves. They're just thinking about how long it took to check their kids into childcare. They're thinking about whether or not they really like that song. And I'm not sure if I wanted that guy to speak today. And I'm not sure if I'm getting fed and I'm not sure if this, and I'm not sure if that, that failure to thrive will kill us all. And so we've got to thrive. We've got to thrive, not just for ourselves, we've got to thrive for each other. So I'm not asking you this morning to be mature for you. I'm not asking you to be mature for your own marriage. I'm not asking you to be mature so that you can prosper in your own personal life. I'm asking you to get up, get involved because people need you. People need the best version of you. They don't need the you that you are right now. They need the you that you're gonna be. And however long it takes you and I to get there is how long someone has to wait for their own personal journey of transformation because there's certain people that only you and I get the chance to reach. There's certain people that God's gonna bring into our world. And if I handle them out of my immaturity, and if I'm not being transformed, I don't give them a shot. But I have the opportunity to take responsibility, to take all the information that God is presenting me with and mature and grow so that transformation can 
happen in my life because one day I want to be the kind of person that says, you know what, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you because I'm a freaking mess, man. But God's somehow transforming me as I present myself to him and as I say, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to be the offering. Whatever you need, you need my time, let's go. You need my talent, whatever I got's yours. You need my money, God, I'll give you whatever I have to give because I know you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing for other people. And so many people go through life and they don't thrive because they don't get it. They don't understand. So we have people that call themselves Christians that are living life and they're failing to thrive because they don't understand what transformation is all about. It's like, God, I'm not prospering enough and I don't have enough going on in my life. Like, hey, take that journey for yourself. Go back and look for you personally. And just look at these four steps. As a church, we've done a lot of research and all that. So if you want to decide your own four steps of transformation, sure, I guess you could do that. Um, or you could just trust this, whatever. Just let's be mature. So go back and look. Like, am I engaged in, in deep, meaningful relationships with people? Am I, am I, am I serving? Is my life really, do I live unselfishly? Am I making my time and my talent about other people? Because it's, it's ultimately about, that's, that's the purpose of my life. And do, I, and do I practice generosity? Am I generous? Am I known for being generous? If not, hey, just take a step. We're not asking you to do it all in the next, you know, 30 minutes. Just take, take whatever step you got to take. Right now in this room, if you don't know God, it's a great place and a great time to get to know him, to understand his love. If you're not a part of any kind of group or relational aspect, there's, there's a million of those. We'll overwhelm you with the amount of small groups and relationship we have to offer you. If you're not serving on a team, just do it. <laughs> at some point, at some point, we don't need to be convinced anymore. And I don't need you to tell me how attractive it is. I'm just going to live out my purpose. Oh, y'all have opportunities to serve? Shoot, man, I know that's what I'm created to do, so I'm down. Oh, and then I get to give? Man, thank God. Thank God I get to give. What I want to do just right now is I want everyone that, that's listening to my voice just to bow your head and close your eyes with me. And we're, we're just about done. But I want to give everyone an opportunity. So I talked about know God. That's, that's the first step here is you got to know God. You got to, God is not a hater. God's not mad at you. He's not condemning you. It's not about getting everything right in your life. It's just about understanding there's a God that created you. He has a purpose for your life and he wants to have relationship with you. God sent his son Jesus into the earth over 2,000 years ago to bring his grace and his love and his mercy. And it's not something that we just act right in order to get. It's a gift that the Bible tells us that God gives us freely and willingly. And so we don't have to live condemned anymore. We don't have to live feeling like we're just a mess and we'll never get it figured out. You heard James say it, that transformation can happen as soon as we decide it to. And this particular transformation in your life can be instantaneous, where God can come in and make you a new person and then you take your journey. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.